Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Oscar Subarats. Oscar, welcome to the show. Thank you, Henry, for having me on the show today. Yeah, looking forward to this. Oscar and I actually know each other. We've known each other for, I don't know, I guess a couple of years through our associations with Maui Mastermind. And he recently released a great book that I got a chance to, I kind of kind of took the copy from you. No, no, you sent me a copy. You sent me a copy. It's going to say, because the last time I saw you, you had your copies, but you sent me a copy of this great book that we're going to chat about called Closing Intelligence. And so to succeed in sales and in business and in life, uh, you must have to face that human nature, real people, and overcome obstacles and objections. They come up in life throughout throughout life and in business. And people with what Oscar calls a closing intelligence mindset impact and change lives, including their own. They can get employees, clients, prospective buyers, and others in general to say yes. And so Oscar is with me today to share his knowledge of sales and specifically his understanding of how to get people to say yes for all the right reasons so that we can get things done, so that we can sell our products or services, so that we can improve people's lives. And so that's what we're going to chat about today on this episode. To receive more information about the How of Business, including the show notes page for this episode, and how you can continue to support my show and receive exclusive content and discounts through a Patreon membership, just visit thehowabusiness.com. I also encourage you, wherever you're listening to this episode, to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. So let me tell you a little bit more about Oscar. Oscar Subarats is the president and CEO of College Prospects of America. He's also a speaker and author, obviously and has been in direct sales for over 20 plus years. He was born in Mexico City, and when Oscar was two years old, he was blessed to have his father's employer, a major oil corporation, transfer their family from Mexico to Texas, which set the foundation for his life. Oscar graduated from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, where he played Division I college tennis, so he was a college athlete. And then after college, he moved to Mexico and started his first company. And it was there several years later in a gym that he met his wife, his future wife, his current wife, Andrea. Is it Andrea or Andrea? It's it's Andrea. It's Andrea, Andrea. That's what I thought. Uh, who was at the time, Andrea was studying Spanish abroad. Oscar exemplifies his fundamental belief that family, faith, joy, quality of life, and financial success can all be enjoyed without sacrificing one for the other. He has traveled to many, two to too many countries to name and has lived in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Florida. Today, he lives in Colorado with Andrea and their daughter, Mila, and two dogs, Mia and Lulu. And he and Andrea have a passion for traveling, particularly to Europe, to Hawaii, and to Latin America. His book that I referred to, which recently released, is entitled Closing Intelligence, how to get others to say yes in life and in business. So once again, Oscar Subarats, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. Thank you, Henry. That was a, a great, uh, a wonderful intro. I was like, where do I sign up for this life? <laughs> and, and, you know, and, you know, with, uh, with Andrea, who I, I met in a gym in Mexico, don't just don't talk to the locals, you know, you end up married to them for 17 years. <laughs> of course. Of course that's the way so, anyway, I'm, I'm happy to be here today. Thank you. And then I didn't know you, you're, you currently live in Colorado Springs. I do. I do. We've been here for almost six years now. Uh, Priory, we're in Florida and uh, love it here. Love the outdoors, love the hiking, love the biking, the the weather. It, it, no one, you know, no one told us that the winters were so long. So we're yeah, trying that's to still. The challenge. Yeah, I've yeah. spent a lot of time in Colorado Springs because my one of my best friends and business partner, David Begins, who who was originally the co-host of the show, he lives there. So we had, a, in fact, we had a business there that we sold not too long ago. I top it frozen yogurt. I don't know if you've ever been to it. Wow. I, I think I might have. I know that yeah. there's, yeah, there's several of them here That's that right. we go to. That might've been one of them. Wow. Yeah, what yes. a small world. What yeah. Well, I, world. We owned that for 10 years. We started, we opened the first frozen yogurt shop in Colorado Springs. Um, over by the, uh, oh shoot, what's the big event center where they play ice hockey world arena, the world the arena, world arena. Yeah, right, right, right over there in the target yeah. shopping center. Yeah. And and it's still there. And so we owned that yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. Small world. Well, sometimes. it's a beautiful place to live and a lot of people are coming. So, uh, the weather is terrible here. Don't come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to keep grown. it like this. Don't, don't come. It's a long winter. <laughs> yeah. It has grown tremendously since I've been going there since, oh, since my friend David moved there years ago, but anyway, great place to live. Like you said, all right, let's, let's talk a little bit about your journey. And, uh, if I got it right, like I mentioned in the bio, you played tennis, uh, in college. And then, uh, and what did you study? What did you think you were going to do after college? Well, I studied uh, business administration uh, as many young aspiring entrepreneurs have not much of an idea of what they want to do in life. So you end up studying business. And so, yes, I studied business with a minor in marketing. Uh, but more than anything, I studied, uh, I mean, I played a lot of tennis and uh, as a division one athlete. So yeah, it, it was an it was an education that was amazing because I, I got the best of both worlds. I had to be a, a college athlete in a top thirty Division One program, but at the same time, I can't complain about going to school in Lafayette, Louisiana. You know, back in ninety four, ninety seven, mm. it was just a fun place to be. It, sure. it was just a fun place to be. So, yeah. Did you have an idea back then of what type of business? Did you think it was going to be sports related? What were your thoughts then? You know, so it, it all comes down to when I was in college, I, I, I realized on the team that there was all these internationals on the team. And I was actually the only one that had grown up in the U.S. And I don't know how much you know about college sports outside of like football and basketball, but for most sports, uh, tennis, golf, soccer, college, college athletics is a very international thing. And it was it was back then. And so I saw that there was a need, like, how did all these, how did, who helps these kids come to the United States to study? Hmm. Um, who, like, what, what process do they, do they, do they go through? Or do they just get lucky? Do they just know someone? So even, even as a going through college, I never thought of it as an idea or a, or a business or a business idea. I was just a kid in college who had no idea what to do. Uh, I even remember, I, I still joke around about it where, I was in my last semester, like literally last weeks, you know, and everybody's talking about what they're going to do with their life and where they're going to go to work. And I have no idea what I'm going to do. Hmm. Um, you know, and I think that happens with a lot of entrepreneur minds. You have all these ideas, but 
you know, most people are going out and finding jobs and you, you're in this black hole of, okay, now what, now what do I do with life? So that's kind of where I was as a senior in, in college. And so how did you then decide to run with this idea that's now called College Prospects of America? So, so I, I got myself into an entrepreneur class. That's what it was called. And the, the professor challenged us to do a business, which at that time he said, will generate, you know, a million dollars within the first five years and just create some business idea. And I, I came up with this idea. I still have the plan for it in my safe <laughs> here in my house. Cause it's like, you know, the golden nugget. And so I just, I just came up with this little business plan. I had no idea how to write a business plan, of course, but just came up with it. And then I thought, well, you know, he actually read it. He said, this is a phenomenal idea. And when graduation had ended, my dad and I had this conversation of what, what are, what the heck are you going to do? Like what, you know, you don't, you're not going to go, you, you don't want to go out and find a job. So what are you going to do? So I said, well, what if I try this? What if I start this business? And, and at the time he said, look, um, I'd rather support you on starting a business than support you going to get, and I'm not discrediting, you know, getting an MBA or anything like that, but you know, he literally said, I'm willing to help you start this process that you're going to learn a lot about life and business. Cause my dad was an entrepreneur. I see. Um, and you're going to learn a lot more trying this, even if you fail, than going to school for next two to three years and still not know what you want to do. And so I, I took the challenge and, wow. and I said, and I said, sure. Um, and so that's how, it, that's how it came to be that, that, that idea came into existence. Wow. What a, what a great opportunity, right? And you had that support. And so, and then if I get it right, you moved to Mexico City to launch this business. Is that right? Well, the way it worked is it actually, I actually thought of the idea, but then when I started doing the research, I, I realized that there was already a company that was, that created the, we, we call this, we call it this, the, uh, the college recruiting industry or the uh, athletic college recruiting industry. They had, they were the pioneers of the athletic college recruiting industry and they were operating basically out of the U S helping, you know, mom and dad who want their kid to play in college in the U S from the U S helping them navigate that process, which is a very complicated process. And I mean, I don't think we have time to get into that. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's a whole industry behind college recruiting and, and getting your kid to recruit to play in college. Of course. So they were already existed, but I, but, but, you know, one day my dad is the one that said, well, why don't you fly up there and pitch your idea to, <laughs> to the president of that company, which I did. I did. I mean, you know, at the age of 21, you're fearless and, and, and you've got time. And so I did, um, at the time his, you know, he was the president of college prospects of America. His name was Tracy Jackson. And he, he I don't know, he just, he believed in me and, and said, sure, uh, you can start our name. Uh, abroad with no no salary, no money, no nothing. Wow. Just go go do it. And and so when I when I when I landed in Mexico, I landed in Mexico City because what what my plan was, okay, you've got you've started the this industry in the US, but I can take this globally. I can take this internationally. Let me start with Mexico. Naturally, because that's where I was born. That's sure. the language I spoke. Um and and it just it, I lived in Texas, so it just seemed naturally Landed in Mexico City, largest 
you know, largest city in the world with a laptop that my dad had bought me, um, was going to go live with an aunt that I hadn't really met, uh, rent a room and just knock on doors. And I had this wonderful idea called, Hey, do you want to go to the United States to study? Do you want to play college sports in the U S you know, we can help you. So you started and, scouting, um, yes. high school level athletes in Mexico city. I started scouting Mexico, high level athletes in Mexico city. Then, uh, then, in, then around the country, then I thought, okay, well, I can do this in Colombia. I can do this in Ecuador. I can do this in Chile. I can do this in Argentina. Eventually I, I talked to Tracy into, I always say every, you know, in life, life is closing opportunities. And I closed Tracy over many times of saying, Hey, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And he always believed in me. And so eventually I just took over Latin America and then I took over other countries. And then eventually I bought, um, so over time I bought the company college prospects of America. Wow. Uh, but at the end, of, but in reality is that even though I was working for him, everything that I was doing was creating a kind of a parallel company that was simply called College Prospects International under the College Prospects name. But I, there was nothing about College Prospects of America in general that we were really using or doing. It, it was okay. it was really creating a business from nothing uh, using a name that existed and an idea that already existed. So I can't Tremendous. take credit for, for creating the, the, the industry or the idea, but I can take credit for creating the industry internationally. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is what you've grown. And that's, that's the heart of the business now, right? Is facilitating that ability for foreign athletes to come and play at the college level in the United States. Right. Right. And I mean, there's some great companies that do that here in the U S and we still, I mean, we still help, you know, U S athletes, but most of our business comes from abroad, whether, I mean, we've got clients from all over Latin America, South Africa, the UK, Canada, um, Africa. I mean, we, 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 our main, our main focus is that international, you know, how do you change these families' lives? And once you bring in a kid and he goes to school in America, I mean, you literally have changed, not just the life, you might've changed a whole generation, a whole sure. legacy sure. Uh, of what that kid can go back to his home country can do once he graduates. So it's a wonderful business to be in uh, over this time that I've been in. When you think back to that, that initial yes that you got, what, what do you think he saw in you that uh, he decided to give you this opportunity? I think I would say it's, you know, hunger, you know, hunger to, and, and when I mean hunger, and, and I still look for this in employees nowadays and salespeople nowadays, it's not just enthusiasm to like, help others and want to help others. It's the hunger to want to help others. And it's the hunger to want to do something that impacts people's lives. I think he truly saw that. Not only that, the hunger of, hey, I want to make money. Hey, I, 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 I want to, you know, su succeed in something that's going to grow. But I would say it was, it was, it was hunger. Not that I was hungry because it, it's not like I was a poor kid. Mm -hmm. I, I just simply had that desire, that hunger, and and still nowadays, one of my biggest personality traits is persistence. I just I just thought that he saw, you know, this kid's not going to get allow people to tell him no. And if there's any wall, any organization, any red tape that he has to get through to get a yes, he's going to do it. And that's literally been the the foundation of my life. Like, how do I get to yes? Because what I'm offering you, I know is going to impact your life. So I have to get to that. Yes. Yeah. 
So you, you from very early on had those, those attributes, that, that personality that, that led you to sales being something that was very natural to some extent. I mean, you had to practice it and learn it and craft it and develop your knowledge of it. But, but you, you had that by default already, that persistence and you were okay, even at that early age with dealing with rejection, it sounds like. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I come from a family who my dad was a corporate guy who, you know, after college, he worked for Phyllis Petroleum Company and started the corporate life. But then in the 80s, during the oil bust, he, you know, we, I always say we kind of lost it all because I, I was too small to remember, but I know mm. we moved homes and we all of a sudden didn't have cars and all of a sudden mom couldn't buy us a happy meal. And so my parents started a journey where they reinvented themselves into entrepreneurs. And I remember my dad tried everything to give us an incredible life. And I actually, you know, I, I dedicated that book to him because I say, you know, he did everything to give us a life, but he tried every, he tried to sell everything and anything. Mm -hmm. And so it was a life of constant, no, 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 no. And so I think both of my parents who eventually were ended up in real estate uh, instilled the the that that desire to not only for sales but you know life you know life is not necessarily in business in general it's not easy i mean you're right. going to get no and you're going to get people that that don't believe in your ideas or they shoot down your ideas or barriers along the way cuz my book is a sales book but the reality it's a life book how do you how do you overcome all those things and 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 in life get those yeses to allow you to grow yeah, And my parents just instilled that to me. I mean, since I can remember, uh, since I can remember just in the, in the micro, you know, just in the refrigerator, little slogans, they would say, you know, you can achieve anything. And so I think that was instilled in me. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. So what, what brings you to writing the book? The book again is called closing intelligence, how to get others to say yes in life and in business. What brought you to decide to write a book. And this is a proper book. You know, this isn't just a, an ebook, not that there's anything wrong with that. This, this took a lot of effort and I can't imagine how many hours, what, what led you to want to write this book? Well, I've had this book in my heart for many, 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 many years. Uh, it, it, it is, you're right, a real book, um, took about five years to, to write. Um, and the reason behind it was as I've, I've always been in sales. And as I, as I describe in the book, as I went on that sales journey, just because you have a certain personality, I have a certain personality. I get that. Um, and that personality, yes, can help me in sales or people can say, oh, he'd be a good salesman. But when you go out in the real world, I mean, in the real trenches of sales, especially direct sales, corporate sales, I mean, I've been able to open doors of entire government agencies and sports federations and associations and I mean, just like the, like the trenches of sales, personality is not enough. Um, personality is not enough. You have to learn over time, real skills that allow you to get those yeses that opens door, open doors to the next step. And so I always felt that there was, that those skills are trainable. They're, they're, they're clonable. Uh, and I talk about a lot in this book, how you can't, I, I can't ask, I can't, ask uh, Henry to be Oscar and Oscar's never going to be Henry, but Oscar does certain things and has certain skills 
and has learned over time, over over 20 years and not only being in the trenches of sales, but training hundreds of salespeople, what are those skills that are teachable? What are those skills and those structures that are clonable that allow non-salespeople, because even non-sales, but there's a lot of people listening today that don't consider themselves people, right. salespeople, and even closers to get better at getting yes, overcoming no. And so that's that was what was instilled in my in my heart to write a book that you can hand someone and they can say if I read this book and I just implement a few of these things I'm I'm going to get better. Yeah. I'm going to get better at getting people to say yes even if I'm not in sales, but if that's I'm right. in sales I could be a rock star. Yeah. So that's no, what inspired me to write the book. Yeah, it's great and as you've said you mentioned a moment ago it's it is certainly uh sales people will benefit from it but it's about life. I I've, I've talked about this often on this show that sales, we we all must sell. We're always selling whether we like it or not or admit it or not. And as you say in the book specifically, quote, every day at some point, everyone is a salesperson, end quote. And I agree with that completely, whether we're selling an idea or a point of view or a project or why I should get the job or get the raise or get funding from my business or sell a particular product. We're all, that's what we're doing every day in different interactions, right? Yeah. And the one that I loved, Henry, and, and there's a lot of great slogans and tidbits in that book. I mean, they really are. The one that I love is that, you know, at every level of every organization or basically in life in general, if there is no yes, nothing happens. Like nothing if you happens, can't yeah. get your kids or your spouse or your husband or, you know, your boss or your employers to say yes, nothing happens. So, you know, I actually came up with that slogan, yes moves the world. And and you can teach that. And what I love about it is the book is not a personality-based book. A lot of sales books are out there. It's trying to reproduce the personality of the person that wrote it. I didn't do that. I really cra- grabbed skills that if you read it, you can apply today, literally today, and immediately see the result of more yeses. And, and yeah. that's what I love about the book. Yeah. Okay. Now, explain to me, as you do in the book, at a high level, introduce this difference that you articulate be, be between being a salesperson or selling and being a closer. What's the difference? The difference is that, for example, uh, my personality, uh, some people can look at me and think I'm from Mars. And, and I, I mentioned that is that my personality can be over the top. I can, I could, I can over talk. I have a lot of enthusiasm. I have, you know, I speak with my hands and while while some people see that as, hey, look, that's what a salesman is. Um, over over time and experience, I've learned that sometimes those skills, when you're not dealing with someone that has that has that personality type, it can also be a turnoff. So what I've learned over time, what I call a salesperson, sometimes is that person that over talks, that wants to you know, impose their idea or their product or their service or what we call the hard close. Um, The person that believes that, you know, talking too much about their product or service or how great it is and, you know, preaching what it's going to do for you. Sometimes the reality is that when, when, when you're trying to get people to, to do something, to take an action, at the end of the day, all that matters isn't what you say. All that matters is 
is the other, is that what you're saying important to the other person? Is mm-hmm. it benefit their life? Is it benefit their business and benefit their organization? Does it benefit their heart? So I, I, I say salespeople are people that talk and don't get things done. And I think closers are people that, that through intelligence are able to ask the right questions or, or discover what is the value or what matters most to the other person that gets that gets the other person to say yes i do want to do this or yes this does make sense or how or what's the next step um so so what i always say is you know salespeople talk closers get commitments and change lives so i think that's that's the distinction of and i and i mentioned it several times if you can connect with the heart you can get results get yeah. connect with the heart get the sale uh, and so that's what I try to teach you in the book. It's not how do you hardcore sale, it's how do you connect with others? And that's why there's so many people that are searching communications books and 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 business books and, and not your typical how do you how do you close sales books that are actually buying this book because it really is a communication, psychology, interpersonal relationships more than hardcore selling. And I think that's yeah. what separates it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's typically what you would expect and what there's plenty of out there is how to manipulate the person into making a decision. And that that's not what, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but, but as you said, you know, it's, it's getting, getting that person to make a yes decision in our favor, of course, but also to their benefit. And that's key to it as well. Right. So I get it. In the book, uh, we won't be able to cover all of them, but there's a section called the nine reasons why average salespeople underperform. And I want to just highlight a couple of them here in the time that we have that that in particular stood out, Oscar. And, and uh, I want to start with number two, which is, uh, and this is that they don't understand the number one rule in sales. And that is that, quote, people buy things from people they like or from people who are like them. You have to understand how you are alike, discover what you have in, and discover what you have in common. I've paraphrased there. I've always believed that and applied that in my sales career. I also have a sales background and sales training. And I've always believed that people buy from people, people buy from people that they trust. You're fine tuning this even a little bit more here. So, so tell me in your words, what it is here that most people miss as it relates to this number one rule in sales. Well, one of the reasons I, the reason I created this rule is because I, you know, when I I was putting the book together, I read a lot of sales books. I mean, a lot of sales books, seeing what's out there. Is this just more noise or how is this different? And this book really is different. Um, But what I would always encounter in all these sales books is that they would be full of rules uh, like rules or guidelines, like this is how you are a successful salesperson. And I got to the point that I said, look, you can follow all these rules. You can follow a hundred of these rules. But at the end of the day, when you're sitting, you know, one-on-one with someone or, or a Zoom call or a, or a phone conversation, at the end of the day, what matters is, are you able to get, connect with a person in a level where, are you able to reach the heart in a level where they say, I want to do business with you, or I want to be your friend, or... Or I, you know, I, 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 w- I want to continue a relationship with you and you can apply every other rule out there, but this is the number one rule that's going to make, that's going to impact 
your sales or your business or your employees or your organization or whatever you're trying to do more than anything. And just look at your own life. I mean, who are your friends? Most of your friends are probably people that have similar tastes, similar likes, similar something. And, you know, when you just when you step on an airplane, you know, you some guys walking on an airplane says, hey, man, I see you've got the Denver Broncos hat on. Hey, man, how do you think? I mean, they're immediately friends. Why? Because they've connected with something. And so I just believe that in business in general, and if we're talking about sales, um, you know, there's a lot of things that matter, but does, but am, did I connect with this person in a way that it isn't just a transactional thing? It is, hey, we want to do business together because we found something in common and that something in common could be, in, and I described it, but it can be anything, right? You know, it doesn't have to be that that person is like you. It doesn't have to be that that person is you. It, it, that, that person can be completely different than you. But at the end of the day, a true closer um, is able to find those common points and not common ground. A true closer is able to connect with that person in a way that they they can do business. And and one of the ways that I describe it is, well, how do you do this? Right. How do you do? Especially, well, yeah. how do you do that in a short period of time? Often, right? Well, well, well. One of the things that you have to do is, I know too many salespeople that never read books. I know too many salespeople that don't educate themselves. I know too many salespeople that have never traveled. I know too many salespeople that that literally are so into their transactional world that they don't take the time to understand that first they have to educate themselves about the world, the world around them, maybe current news, uh, traveling. Because or that might be how we might connect that, that something might in common, right? Exactly. Or doing a little bit of research before you meet up with a client. That's huge. Of, of, course, of what yeah. that client likes. What are their likes? What are this? Like maybe just a little bit of research. Like, I mean, it might sound like creepy, but even going on social media and seeing what you find out, because anything at that point, you've got maybe five minutes. Sometimes you've got 10 seconds. Sometimes you've got five seconds to build that connection, that rapport that's going to allow for everything else to happen. But, but if we, we but, did a little bit of that up front, right? I, I, I generally didn't know you lived in Colorado Springs, but I've spent time there. So we connected on that thing in common, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you told me that, you know what my thought was? Wow. Henry's a lot more like me. That was my immediate, that was my immediate reaction. And so, wow, we have things in common. We could talk about a lot of things. And so we, in theory, could sit down and, and have a drink. We could, in theory, talk about business. We could talk about family. Just that simple connection was not going to make the sale, but it is such a huge part of the sale. And I just think that's why it's the number one rule in sales, because before anything happens, I think there needs to be some sort of connection. There has to be some sort of connection. And so I can look for that. Your point is research whatever possible, you know, so how much can I find out about this person before I talk to them or meet with them? If that's the type of sales that facilitates that, it's not always the case. Sometimes we're in environments where people walk in and that's the first time we meet them. But then your second point is ourselves, we need to continue to educate and broaden ourselves and our horizons so that we know a little bit about a lot of things. And that gives us potentials to connect on. And then thirdly is number four on the list that is related to this is about asking the right questions in those conversations, right? Right. And, and so two to takes you to, to four at the end of the day, you said something important. Well, how do you, if somebody just walks into your store and your place of business, well, you might not know anything about them, but that's where 
the right questions come in. That's that's really the structure that I'm going to take you through the book. Well, how do you connect if you don't have a whole lot of time, or or you you are in it, or you are in a transactional world or a long sales cycle world? Um, you know, sales people or, or or people that don't understand sales, people that don't see themselves as salespeople. What they want to do is they want to start talking about themselves or their business or their product or just them. I mean, I'm going to repeat again themselves. And why do I repeat it again? Step on an airplane, talk to the guy next to you or the girl next to you. Most people just want to talk about themselves. And if you've ever been to a party, what happens? Somebody starts talking about themselves. They tell you for one second, what do you do? But do they really care? I mean, really what they what they're really wanting to hope is that you answer answer sometimes. So you continue talking about themselves. And so. I mean, I've traveled all over the world and, and I, I'm, what, I'm, what, I've, what I've learned is how to connect very good with people. And that's what I'm kind of teaching you in this book. Because at the end of the day, when I, when I, see that, when I say that people think the value alone is going gonna, is gonna to move the process, well, what I'm saying is talking about you, yourself, your product, your service is not going to move the process along. Asking the right questions uncovering what's important to the other person, reaching that heart, finding the benefit or the value that they need or want in their lives is what's going to get them to act. Yeah. And I say it clearly in the book, most people, unless it benefits them, really don't care about your value. And, yeah. and it's a sad, sad thing, but it's just the world that we kind of live in. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the reality of it. And, mm-hmm. and, and everybody around the world I found also loves it when they get to tell you about themselves, when we care about them, when we ask them about their lives, about what's going on, what's, what are their challenges? And that's, that's universal. Right. Henry, if if I can just add that for one second, I've had people that that have read the book and said, Oscar, I implemented some of these things just in random conversations I had in airports and the things that people told me just were, were amazing. Just, just applying these little, these little te- these little skills where you want to know and learn about people and ask the questions people want to talk about themselves so they're willing to open up their whole lives to you and so you know in this book a little bit i talk about saying the things that asking the questions and saying the things that that you fear that are going to get people to take action well in this book really i say those things that most other authors are are or books are afraid to say. And, and one of those things is, look, if you ask the right questions, people are going to tell you everything because people want to they they talk about themselves at the end That's of the right. day. That's right. They want to talk about themselves. And if you let them, if you give them an opportunity, they will tell you what you need to know to be able to hopefully solve their problem or or help them with their aspiration or whatever it is that that then you do have value that matches Absolutely. what they're Absolutely. looking for. Yeah. Absolutely. This is Henry Lopez, briefly pausing this episode to invite you to schedule a free coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business plans and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you're experiencing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing and maybe exiting your existing small business, I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching consultation, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. Take that next step today 
towards finally realizing your business ownership dreams. I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right, I want to move forward to the closing structure because I want to make sure we have enough time to at least introduce it. So you put forth in the book how to do this, this closing structure, which is made up of, you know, about five uh, major components. And so I'd, I'd like you to, at a high level, introduce those components that make up this closing structure of could. Let's just walk through it at a high level. The first part is the intent statement, correct? That is correct. So what is the intent statement at a high level? At a high level is before any interaction, any interaction in life in general, or a sales interaction or an interaction with your team or with your business, there's always, you always start the conversation with intent of what the expectation is and you set the foundation for that conversation. How long is this conversation going to last? Uh, what is the out, what is the purpose of this conversation? What is the outcome expected of this conversation? But most important, what is that next step or maybe commitment or or what is the expectation after our time together of what that next step is? And that's what I call the intent statement. It's it's it, it starts with building rapport, but in 30 seconds, it's really saying, look, this is what we're going to do right now. This is why we're doing it. This is how long it takes. And at the end of our time together, this is the expectation or what I hope that we're able to achieve. And when you do that, people zone in and say, okay, yeah, let, let's let's spend the time together because I know, A, how long it's going to take, B, what we're going to do, and C, we both agree that at the end, there's no surprises. We both agree what that final outcome we hope to be, whether it's we're not going to do business together or whether it's we are going to do business together, or whether it's you are going to get a raise, or whether it's not going to get a raise. But by this time, we will have that that next step in place. And I love intent statements. I love yeah, them. Yeah. I think when I use that approach, um, I haven't called it that, and now obviously I'm refined it more as I've read your book. I think it puts both sides at ease as to what is it that we are talking about? What is it that we're meeting for? What is this? What is the point of this conversation? Yeah. Absolutely. And on a sales standpoint, I mean, if you're just talking straight sales, the reason why a lot of people don't want to meet with salespeople is because of the unknown. Are you going to ask me for money? How much money are you going to ask me for? How long is this going to take? What is, you know, so there's this fear. And so the person steps away. But sometimes in a stent statement, when you say something as simple as like, look, uh, I'm here to help you. Uh, this is going to take, you know, 15 or five minutes or 30 minutes of our time. I'm simply going to ask you some questions to understand what, what you're looking for. And if I can, you know, if I can help you and only if I can help you at the end of our time together, I'm going to ask you to take this step. And if I can't, or if this is not right for you, guess what? I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Mm -hmm. So just a simple phrase like that, it took no more than 30 seconds can change the entire outcome and the entire perception from the buyer standpoint of what that time is going to be together. And it's phenomenal. I find that people then also lower their guard to your point. And, Absolutely. Uh, and now, okay, all right, that's fine. I'm good with that. Or they'll tell you, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. Okay. Um, so let's, let's, let's either agree that, you know, this is not the right time or let's adjust what is the expectation, what, what is realistic that we achieve right. by the end of this 30 minutes that we spend together, let's say. Absolutely. All right. Number two then is those questions, the four whys, as you call them and how a closer asks the right question 
to get to people's hearts, as you said. So explain that to me, the okay. four whys. Okay. So if you're listening out there and, and you've got a little piece of paper to write some down, this is, this is, this is, a, I'm about to put something that can be complicated into something very simple that regardless of what you sell, where you are, what your business does, this is the, the, the real value that you could get from today. And so what I've done here is the whole process of getting, of becoming a better closer can't be personality based. It has to be, how do you grab that and put it into a structure? And what I've created is a structure that anyone in any business selling anything, regardless if it's transactional or long-term or, or long sales cycle, can put this into practice in their marketing material, can put this into practice in their, in their script, in their pitch, in their sale, anything. And what I've basically done is the four whys. And there's, and, and there's four reasons why anyone will buy anything at any time. And what it means is, is that if you can get your client or your prospect or whatever it is that you're trying to sell or move forward, if you can get the other person to understand these four whys, they're very likely to give you a yes or a commitment to move to the next step. So what is what are those four whys? And I will go through them very briefly. And this is why I'm saying that if you're writing something down, this is the time to do it. Uh, one is why do they need your help? Like you can start preaching about your product or service. You can start saying how great it is. But if I'm not convinced that I need help in any sort of, in any sort of way, like it, it's a waste of my time. Right. So the perfect example would be insurance. If an insurance salesman comes up and starts talking about how great his co company is, uh, well, that is one thing, but if on the other end, they don't even think that they need insurance. There's people that really don't believe in insurance or don't buy insurance products. It doesn't matter what they say. So why, the first why is why anyone would need your help, period. Like they have to understand that. And so I take you through the book on how to get someone to understand, to understand and how to uncover the right questioning to to, to, for them to, for, for you to uncover and for them to see why they need your help and for you to uncover where they are lacking understanding why they need your help. That makes sense that I just confused yep. you, Henry. No, no, no. I get okay. it. I get it. Okay. And then after that, okay, so I understand why I need your help. Or maybe I don't understand why you need it. Maybe I'm going to uncover that I, that, right. that, that I think you don't need me. So, okay, so I'm going to have to show you why you need help. But let's say I let's say it's clear from my level of questioning why you need help. Okay. Well, then I need to ask questions or discover, uncover, and I call this discovery. The four whys are part of discovery mm -hmm. of why my solution or industry can help you. Okay, so you need help, but but I can start talking about how great my my company is, and that is just noise because you're looking at another solution or another industry to solve the same problem. So if we go back to, for example, um, consulting. Uh, so, so, so I'll give you an example in the college recruiting, college recruiting world. I can sell to you how great our company is on the college recruiting industry and what a great company it is and why you need our service. But if you're convinced that your road to college, to getting recruited in college is uh, being miraculously found, discovered by a scout at a showcase in Tennessee, 
you don't understand or see the value of why my solution or industry can help you. Did that right. make sense? Sure. And sure. and it's like and it's like the, that in any business, any industry, whatever. There's competing pro. There's competing products. There's competing solutions. There's competing trademarks and patents. I mean, there there's always a solution that's not your solution in industry to solve the same problem. So, so in the second why your client needs to understand why your solution and in industry is going to help them if they need help. That makes sense? Yep. Yep. Okay. And then, and then, and then see, you don't even start talking about your product yet. Right. You, you don't, you don't even mention it because during discovery, as I teach you in the book, you're not talking, you're asking the right questions to uncover these four whys. And you're going to, you're, it's like, it's like magic. Like the, the, your prospect is going to tell you what is important to them within the realm of this for why. So once you go through that level of questioning, at some point you have to discover and they have to understand why your product service or company. And so they can, they can know that they need help. They can know that they, um, they can, they can know, okay, fine. This solution can help me. All right, great. But now why your product, service, or company? Because there's other products or services. So the client needs to understand not only why they need help, why your solution industry, why your product or service. If they understand all those things and you know, they, they might not understand, you might have to, you know, pitch around that, or they might understand it perfectly. But even if they understand all of that, that doesn't lead to a sale, that doesn't lead to a close, that doesn't lead to a yes, if they don't understand the more important one, which is why today, yeah, your your prospect needs to understand that why today. How is doing this today, whatever it may be, assuming you understand the other three, going to allow you to get to yes? Now, what I just described is 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 a, is a little bit complicated. It's a little bit confusing as I go through it, but that's what the book's about. Yeah, and this is a movie. yeah, this is a book that you don't that you buy, you put in your bookshelf, you read it. It's going to impact your life immediately. And then you're going to go back and say, ah, I understand now how those four whys apply to my marketing or to my scripts or to my meeting. So those four whys are key to uncovering what it is your client or prospect is thinking so that then once you've uncovered that, you say, ah, it's like magic. This person needs me to explain to them why they need help or why today. Or why my company is the best, but I'm only going to talk about those things that matter to them, because they're the ones that told me what matters to them. It wasn't me pitching, preaching, selling, overdoing. It was literally just me asking questions, uncovering, and now they've told me what they need to give them the benefits. And that's what then then that's the next part of the process. I think that you know, for me, even even if you just have these four questions in mind or review these four questions going into that meeting or conversation with a prospect, it'll help you with navigating that. So to your point, you know, if this is revolutionary for you, the idea isn't that you're going to apply this all at once. I think you layer, you start to layer these things in, you get better and better as you practice it on how to ask these questions right, and how to right. qualify people to make sure they're the ones that are ready or they don't move to that next step, right? They go right. in a different path in your funnel until they are yeah. ready to buy. Is yeah. that fair? And, yeah. And Henry, and the other thing is 
for example, in the book, like we, I, I, the four whys are the four why questions, but in the book, I teach you how to ask the right questions. I take you through a whole scripting process and how to do that in your own business. And so, you know, in your own life. So it isn't just, you know, the four whys, it's what are the right questions that you have to ask or need yes. to ask to uncover those four whys? And there's a lot of questions you could ask. Absolutely. But and we get but, better and better is what yeah, I found, Oscar. Yeah. When we change that approach, when we change the approach to asking questions as opposed to throwing up on the wall and see what'll stick from my features <laughs> and functions, once we make that shift as salespeople, then we get better and better at this is what I found. Yeah. And that's a salesperson right there. That you just you couldn't have said it better. Yeah, Let's yeah. just, you know, and we've all been through it and we and and that's why we hate it. I mean, as a salesperson myself, I don't like interacting or, or dealing with salespeople. I yeah, like interacting I. <laughs> with people that are intelligent listeners of what I'm saying, processing what I'm saying, and then find out how they can help me. That gets me to say yes. Yeah. Okay. And yes, there's a time. We don't have time to cover the other steps. So let me just recap them here, this, this closing structure. And that's what you have to read the book for to mm -hmm. learn how to do this. The intent statement the four whys, which we've just spoken about in, in depth, then come the benefits, right? Uh, handling objections, that's always part of the process. And again, if you think about this structure more and more, it's not just about sales in the purest sense, it's it's everything that we do, especially as business owners. We're, we're always going through this process of dealing with leading people to uh, to do a certain thing collectively or getting behind a project or getting funding or selling whatever it is that I'm selling. So number four is handling objections and five is the closing equation. So there's a lot more to this than what we right, have time right. for here on this conversation. I just wanted to get some of the highlights and some of the, the key points. So thanks for summarizing some of that for me, Oscar. Sure. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. The book is out now. Where do you want us to go online? Now, obviously, we can get the book on Amazon, but you also have a site where we can learn more about the book. And there's also some extra stuff there, right? Right. So you can go to, you can get the book in Amazon, of course, but you can go to closingintelligence.com. And in that section, there's a section of tools. Uh, you can download the free tools. I highly recommend you read the book before you do the tools because as you said earlier, Henry, it builds up to it. Um, you know, after you've done the four whys, the benefits are important. And then how do you deal with no? You're always going to get no. How do you deal with that? And and then finally, how do you get turn that no into a yes? Like that is the that is the 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 part of the book that is just phenomenal. You can download the tools, but the tools aren't going to mean much unless you've read the book, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah, it's not meant to be a shortcut, it's meant to be no. to complement the book. Absolutely. And to learn, like there's a download on building the intent statement. And so there's, there's, it really is kind of workbooks or accompaniment to the key lessons in the book is the way I looked at it. Right. There were, there were, there were worksheets to do, uh, right. you know, to do, yeah, there are worksheets, there are worksheets, but unless you understand the process, it, it, it helps you create, create them for your own business. But 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 geared towards what you learned in the book, absolutely. The book again is closing intelligence: how to get others to say yes in life and in business. We've been chatting with Oscar, 
And uh, speaking of books, I know you're a big reader. So is there another book that comes to mind that you would recommend? You know, that was a great question. You, you, you mentioned that earlier um, and, and I gave this some thought and I thought, well, if we're, we're talking to entrepreneurs and business owners, one book, and I could give you a lot of books, but this book just kind of stood out. And I've learned over time that all business owners, regardless of what they're selling, they have to market themselves and they have to get out there and whether it's Google or Facebook or social media. And, and there's a great book out there that I recommend to any business owner, whether you're just getting started or whether you're running a $10 million thing. It's uh, The Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords. And the same, it's by um, Marshall. It's by Perry Marshall. And he also puts out another book called um, Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising. And the reason why I asked this, and he's got other ones on social media and things like that, is because most small business owners don't understand the, the world of you know, online marketing and how to get the word out there and how to get seen and got to, how to get noticed. So in my own company, we're usually number one on Google in our international markets. Like I, but, but the reason I was able to do that is because there's a lot of companies out there and a lot of businesses out there. They're going to tell you, you know, spend money with me and I will get your name out there. And I always tell people before you hire anyone to get your name out there, educate yourself on, on how that works because you really need to understand how, in my opinion, social media, online advertising, and, and you know Google AdWords and all that works. I think it's so important to any business owner so that they use their limited funds and means the right way and not you know sign up for a three, four thousand dollar thing that doesn't yield them the results that they want online. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Thank you for that recommendation. We'll have link to Oscar's book as well as this book at the show notes page. And you can find that at the how of business.com. All right, we'll wrap it up. This last question, what's one thing you want us to take away as it relates to this conversation we've had about closing intelligence? You know, we've talked about that it's that it's not just enough to be a salesperson, but we need to be a closer to get to yes. And not just in traditional sales environments, but in but in everything that we do really as business owners. But what, what's one thing you would leave us with on this topic of closing intelligence? I would say that this is, while it is, yes, if you're in sales, this is going to make you a phenomenal closer. But I would also encourage you that if you're not, you don't see yourself as a salesperson um, or you are an engineer who's in a sales role of some sort where you're doing consultative selling. You need. To, I, I recommend that you read this book because the better you get at understanding that, okay, you don't want to call yourself a salesperson or you do, but the better you get at understanding that everything that you do, not only in your business or in your work or in your life is really closing opportunities. Um, you know, the more yeses you get in life, Henry, the happier you're going to be. I mean, that it's just that simple. You know, the happier people that get yes in life sometimes they're just happier because they're able to achieve the things that they want. And all I've been trying to do in this book is I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to make it into 100% sales. I'm trying to give you a skill that if you read it and apply it, it's going to allow you to get those yeses that are going to make you happier, more successful, and let, uh, and impact the lives of others. Exactly. And so this is, this is ultimately the, the most meaningful thing in life is can you impact the lives of others that allows them to share in that also in that, in, in those successes that you, that you also enjoy. Yeah. Well said, because again, it's not, it's not about manipulation. It's about 
hopefully for most of us, we are offering, if we're talking about sales, we're offering something that we know can deliver value for the right user, for the right person. But sometimes the sales process gets in the way or our inability to communicate how it is that we can help someone. So, so if nothing else, we, you can look at it as that way, that this will get you closer to being able to deliver that value that you know you can offer to that person or that company or whomever it might be. Summed up in one word, it's called the superpower. And I mentioned the book. It's like, have you ever had a superpower? And it's the superpower and the ability to learn something that allows you to impact the lives of others that also impacts the lives of others. And so... I leave it at that. That's 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 what I, I love about the book. Yeah, most. yeah. And one last thing, it is a skill that any of us can develop. This is not, you know, Oscar was just a born salesperson. This is a learnable skill to become a closer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you want us to go online again to learn more? I want you to go right now to closingintelligence.com. There's some wonderful material and information on that website. Or if you like to go directly to amazon.com, look up the book. Uh, We've done great, great in the Amazon rankings. Um, Hit top five. We hit top five in, in, in the sales category. And that's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Oscar, thanks for uh, taking the time to be with me today for sending me the book ahead of time so that I could review it and read it. Uh, Thanks for this great resource and for taking time to be with me today. Thank you, Henry. I really appreciate you. You appreciate you having me on the show and thank you for all you're doing for other business owners that, you know, need this type of information. I, I have a great respect for you on that. Thank you so much. Thanks. This is Henry Lopez. And thanks for joining us on this episode of the How of Business. My guest again today was Oscar Subarats. And I release episodes every Monday morning. You can find a show anywhere you listen to podcasts, including at my website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.